listening to Living with ADHD and CPTSD, available on Apple and wherever you get your podcasts. and welcome to another episode of Living with ADHD and CPTSD. Today is an ADHD episode and I have a special guest with me and some of you on Twitter who are listening to my episodes may know this gentleman. His name is Jay and he also suffers from ADHD and has gone through very similar situations and um, challenges with his own ADHD and getting diagnosed and some of his struggles that he goes through on a daily basis. And we're going to chat. So hi, Jay, how you doing? I'm great. Thank you. How are you? Not too bad. So tell me something. First off, uh, when did you first realize that you more than like, you know, at the time that you had ADHD, when was it? When did you really know? Um, actually August of last year. Um, so not, not, not too far back, pretty recent. Um, and was just diagnosed this December, this past December. Excellent. Now, what kind of, like when you were going through this, how, how long or what kind of questions did you have like did you who did you first talk to when you were when you were actually getting to the step of of looking to get diagnosed um well I do have a close friend that actually has it um so he was pretty helpful uh in in identifying uh some some of the symptoms when I when I brought them up um after that I I went and spoke to a counselor uh talking to some things uh, and she suggested right. going to the ADD center um, in Mississauga, Ontario. Right. And that's where I went to get diagnosed. Oh, excellent. So how long from the moment that you first talked to this counselor to the date that you were actually able to get diagnosed? How long was that uh, in between? Uh, about three months wait. Okay. Um, so what, what were your thoughts when, the, when the possibility was ADHD for your struggles, what were your thoughts in, that were going through your mind? Uh, honestly, it was like a light bulb went off. Um, you know, I, I, I started researching it just because of some, some feedback that I got on behaviors that I had, uh, especially right. being, I'm, I'm pretty fidgety. Um, and I, I do have quite the temper, uh, when I'm upset. So I I started looking at that. And if you, if you Google fidgeting, the first thing that comes up really is, is ADHD. Uh, but once I kind of expanded, I expanded that and then saw, uh, the symptoms list in there. And like I said, it was like a light bulb went off and I said, wait a minute, that's, that's me. (laughs) Uh, Of course. 
Yeah, it's pretty um, amazing when you when you see the symptoms and you're going, oh, that just looks, that sounds exactly like the way I am. And and you're right, it's like a light bulb goes off and it's that's that first step in to getting to that diagnosis is something finally goes, this just looks, this sounds exactly the way I am. Right. And, you know, and, and during that process, you know, from August through, I would say, through November, um, I really got more involved in the, the Twitter community of, of ADHD and, um, yes. you know, just seeing, seeing what people posted on there and, and how much I related, uh, you know, really, really pushed me to make sure that I was assessed properly. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's that's extremely important because you you need to know exactly what is happening and so that you can get the proper di- you know the proper help whether it's the, the the kind of medication that you know eventually you're going to you're going to be on or other means that the therapist or the the counselor will suggest or recommend to assist to make things better for you or like the symptoms less occur, occur less often. Yeah. So what's, what you, what you say is your strongest symptom for, for ADHD? Um, definitely emotional dysregulation is, is up there. Um, emotions are like a roller coaster. Uh, my highs are, are pretty high and my lows are pretty low. Um, I would also say my working memory is, is not really good. Uh, I forget a lot of right. things. Um, and, and definitely I, I fidget a lot. I'm fidgeting. I'm fidgeting right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know it, it makes that makes sense. I it's I completely understand why. You know, it, it's that's pretty understandable. <laughs> I know I do that a lot. Whenever I'm making my episodes, I I always seem to have something in my hands, or if I'm on the computer, I'm always flipping around on pages trying to find information while I'm recording. So sometimes you can hear the mouse clicking. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, what was some of the toughest questions or questions to answer that during your assessment, like when you were going through that? So my assessment was different than what I saw some people um, talking about on Twitter, uh, where yeah. they, you know, they, they assemble family history and, and all those things, uh, interview parents or whatever. Um, the ADD center actually has you go and do, uh, the Tova test. I don't know if you have talked about that on your, on your podcast. Not yeah, no, no. So it's just, it's just a, a test. It's, it's designed to be extremely boring and, and, uh, rate your attentiveness. Um, and you just, right. there's a target that's on the screen. There's two different targets. And when one specific target comes up, you press a button. Um, so it rates kind of how much you're paying attention to there. And it's about 20 minutes for that. Um, and then there was just a bunch of questions that they had on there and they actually hooked me up to um, a machine and actually scanned my brain because they can see how brainwave patterns work um, because with an ADHD brain, certain brainwave patterns uh, are very different. Um, and then a week, a week later, I had a follow-up interview and that was about two hours with the psychologist that, that runs the center. Um, and then, then yeah. that's when she started talking a lot about family history and behaviors and stuff. So it was, it was, it was a process, but it was interesting for sure. Yeah, I bet. 
I know I'm mine is coming up in April and I'm really looking forward to it. And I've had a lot of different people say what is likely going to happen. And the one thing that I always keep thinking is that they're going to want to interview people who know me, you know, to get a history besides your, besides the per my information and my history, they'll, they'll want someone else's uh, input on it. So that didn't actually happen for you. Uh, well, they, she talked to my wife actually. Okay. Um, okay. So she, yep. So she was, she was there to be able to speak to, um, just some of my day-to-day behaviors right? and just said, shed some light on that stuff. So. Oh. Well, that's, that's interesting. I guess I know what to look forward to then. <laughs> okay. So do, yeah. Do any of your friends or family struggle with understanding the diagnosis that you have ADHD? Um, you know what? She's, my wife's been pretty supportive. Uh, she's, you know, she's bought right. books and, and read up on it. Um, you know, I've got a, a, a good friend that that's always there when I need to uh, kind of talk to somebody that I know is going through the same thing. Um, yeah. And my parents, <laughs> it's, it's a work in progress still. Um, right. I don't think they don't really understand ADHD. Um, okay. Unfortunately, like a lot of people don't, but um, yeah. like I said, a work in progress and hopefully they'll, they'll understand a little more as we go forward. Did you struggle with telling them or was it something that you just did and said, so be it? Uh, no, it was, it wasn't too much of a struggle. Um, I mean, conversations like that can be uncomfortable anyway uh, yeah. for me. Um, but it was, you know, it was a good sit-down chat um, where we actually talked about it for a bit on, on Christmas Eve, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. That's a, that's an interesting way of spending Christmas Eve, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. So um, I know you mentioned at the beginning that you your temper seems to get, you know, uh, quickly to be activated. So would you say that is one of your most difficult issues that you struggle with um, on a day to day basis? Uh, it, it can be, um, you know, not every day is the same. So, you know, I have right. good days and bad days. And um, when when I when I'm overwhelmed, it gets it gets to be difficult. Um, but I would also say, you know, probably motivation. That procrastination piece is is a big one, especially at work. Constantly putting off right. the bigger tasks. Um, so I'm trying to tackle those first now. But um, you know, when it's something that takes a lot of effort, it's it's hard to to motivate myself to do it. Uh. Makes sense. Yes, I, t- I completely understand. I know I have days in a row where I know I need to clean and I, I just don't. It, it's like I don't have motivation to do it because I'm totally disinterested. And it's eventually I, I push myself enough to get there. But yeah, I, I leave things until it either gets to the point where I have no choice or someone else is telling me to do it. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Relatable. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So what are, yeah, what are some of the coping strategies or adaptations that you've, you've used or introduced to help make your life easier with this? Uh, 
I would say that probably the two biggest ones would be uh, at work. I make a to-do list every day, even if it's right. the same things that I'm writing on there every single day, the same, even if it's, it's, if it's a task that I have to do every single day, I make sure I write it on there just so that I don't get sidetracked or distracted and forget to do it. Um, so that's, that's definitely helpful. Uh, the other thing that we've done is uh, by the entrance to our garage, which is where we usually come in and out, we actually painted a chalkboard wall on there. Um, so oh. we can write, we can write big notes and, and things not to forget appointments or whatever. Um, so I'm seeing that every day when I come in and out of the house. That's obviously very helpful because it's right there in front of you. You really can't yeah. miss that. Yeah. Wow. So how long, who, who thought of that? Was that you or was that your wife? It was her. She, that was all her idea. <laughs> oh, excellent. Okay. Yeah. So how long have you had that for? Uh, probably since, since about September, I think. Okay. So five months or so. Interesting. Well, that that's actually sounds like a really interesting idea. I, um, we've got a few things that we use as well. Like we have a little chalkboard and that is in the kitchen. And we also put notes like little sticky notes at the, at the entrances to our, to where we go out. And I think the biggest thing I've dealt with or tried to, to make my life easier is just have a routine that I built and it wasn't a simple routine. It's something that's been built over the years. And it, so it took a while to, to get it into where it's just automatic. You, you know, right. you never forget something unless, and if, it, and if it ever changes, if something during the day changes or a new, a new, something is introduced that's new, it, it, there is a bit of a struggle to remember it. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's definitely helpful having it written down. Um, have, have you ever had a moment like when you're, where you, maybe you forget to write it? Like is what's, what's the key to making it consistent or to work? Is it to write it down at the, like at the end of the night or is it just like, how does, how does it work? Well, uh, we try to write it down as it happens or as okay. things come up, we write them down. Uh, we also have kids, so they get involved and they write on there too. Um, and they make right. it fun because they drop they, you know, they draw pictures on the board and um, just make it interesting and catches your eye a little bit when there's, you know, a puppy dog or something drawn on the, on the board. Um, yeah. But yeah, we try to get, we try to get it uh, on the board as, as quickly as possible. Now my wife doesn't have ADHD, so she's also better at remembering some of those things. So if we can't get it right away, she tends to be able to, uh, to add it to the list. Right. Of course. Makes sense. Yeah, it's helpful when you're not the only person that's dealing with it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I lived on my own for quite a while, and I relied on myself alone to have to remember. And often I would forget things, and that's what happens when there's nobody else around. You truly have to rely on yourself. Yeah, definitely. It's a lot harder. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So um, now, so how has knowing that you have ADHD changed your life? And do you feel any relief since your diagnosis? I, I do feel relief. Um, you know, it's, it's changed my life because I look back 
at my past and I look at myself now and realize that the things that I struggled with, they're not character flaws. Um, you know, right. it's, I'm not, for, I'm not forgetful because I'm uncaring. You know, I don't, I don't struggle with, you know, my emotions because I'm rude or, a, or a jerk. Um, right. you know, and, and as a kid, I wasn't, you know, hyperactivity. Uh, I was a pretty busy kid. You know, my, yeah. my nickname when I was a kid was racy JC. So, um, <laughs> you know, I look, I look back yeah. on that now and not think I was just an annoying kid. Well, no, it was, it was ADHD. Right. So, yeah, um, I'm certainly relieved, but, um, also being diagnosed in my thirties has been a hard pill to swallow because you feel like you've, you've missed so much time, um, being able to treat this and, and all the, the blows that this has had on your self-esteem has been, has been hard as well. Yeah, I totally understand. I know where you're coming from. I'm in my early 40s and I'm just, I'm almost there. And I keep, every so often I keep thinking, and my girlfriend even says so, that if I had been, if someone had known or if I had been able to realize this in my 20s, I would have had almost 20 years of being able to figure things out or be on medication or, or just know and then could have changed the way my life was. Yeah, I totally get that. And, you know, I, I had a, a, a moment where I remember sitting at home and, and just thinking, like, who, who even am I? Right. You know, you, I don't even know who I am. I don't know myself, but, um, but I'm learning. I'm learning for sure. Good, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. It, it takes some time, you know, like this, this diagnosis is the first step and there's obviously a lot, there are going to be some challenges ahead, of course. And I think the big one is, and I say this a lot in all the research I've done is finding the right medication is, is a, is a challenge because you can, you may, they may put you on something and it, and it feels like it's working. And then all of a sudden you just, something doesn't seem right. And then you got to change, you got to try something else. Or they may put you on a mix, like they, they give you a, a stimulant with a non-stimulant. Like it, you have to find the right balance to make it work. Right. Yeah. It, it, but it, it's, it's a good thing because I know the first time I, tr I put, or, sorry, it's not put, first time I used the medication, I, I could, I noticed a difference. I noticed a difference in, in, in my ability to focus and my ability to, to feel confident in choices that I made and in daily life activities. It just, I just felt way more confident and it just having that alone was enough to make, to, to motivate me to, to try and find the right mix and continue on to, to get a diagnosis because I knew that this was definitely going to help, but I also realized it wasn't the only step. Like it wasn't the only thing to do. Like there's other areas in, in our lives that we can adjust, like changing our diet or, or exercising more. Like I, I read that you're, you work out almost every day of the week. Uh, yeah, that, that definitely helps. Um, I, I notice, um, especially with, with being restless, uh, if I don't work out for, a few days, 
uh, I have a hard time even just sitting still at night. Um, but I try, I try, I try to work out probably six times a week. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's definitely, and it is helpful. Like you said, it, it, it makes your system or your, your brain kind of feel like it's accomplished something or like you've accomplished something and right. you're not as well, I guess fidgety or as, as you know, where you can't sit still. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, and, and I used to run a lot when I was younger and I always thought that in my head, I was doing it to, uh, you know, battle stress, but little did I know it, it wasn't really that it was, it was helping me with my ADHD symptoms. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good to, in a way, it's nice to know that like, that's one of those things, you know, now why things, certain things that you did in your past was occurring. It's, right. It's, it's nice. Yeah. All right. Um, was it, so was it easy to get the help to get diagnosed? Like to find uh, the right well, person who said so? Yeah. So I, I don't have a family doctor. Um, <laughs> so kind of once, once I started talking to a counselor, then that's when, you know, they recommended rather than waiting because there's, it can take quite a while to get yourself into a, a family doctor. Um right that's where she recommended the, the ADD center in Mississauga. Um, and then from there, it was just, uh, just a phone call and, and setting up a, uh, an appointment to, to get in there. It was quite the wait. They were backlogged. So it was three months, but um, I know in, in other countries, I think the UK, um, you know, the wait can be at least six months, if not longer. So I think here it's not too bad in Canada. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I know in late December I when I finally got a referral, he said that it would be 4 to 6 months and he wanted me to to see a psychiatrist because he was concerned about other possible things that might be with it and he wanted to rule them out, but the psychiatrist is capable of giving me the diagnosis. And so April, mid-April is almost 5 months. And that's, that's quite a long time. And, you know, you're, you're trying to figure things out. I, I, I'm sure in that, in the three months that you were waiting, there was probably a lot of like, where you just feel like you wish you could get it over with, I'm sure. Oh, ab absolutely. And especially when you're going through this as an adult and, and people don't understand why you want to rush it and why you want to get it over with. Yeah. Because I've been living with this already my entire life. I want, I just want some answers now. It's not, it's not something that I just contracted, let's say, right. It's, it's yeah. something I was born with and, and, you know, waiting, you know, 37 years, I think is long enough. I've been patient enough. Right. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I know it's, it's one of those things that like I, I this kind of leads into my, my next question. I might as well ask what do you think in Canada needs to change for those to get diagnosed or to, you know, to have access to the proper healthcare for this? Well, I, I think there's a lot of issues with our medical system, but I think that's probably everywhere. Um, yeah. You know, the yeah. weight, the weight, if you don't have a family doctor can be huge. Um, I've been trying since, 
since August to get into a family doctor, which is why I was able to go the, the other route to the place in Mississauga. Um, and then just, I would say even better education around ADHD, uh, just to fight the stigma. I see a lot of it on Twitter. Um, you know, just yeah. in my, my day-to-day conversations, uh, with, with family members and they don't understand it. And, um, you know, they're, they start raising concerns about, you know, even medication and, and what that could mean. And I just, I just see a lot of misinformation and, and ignorance. I, I, it's a hard word, but, um, yeah. that's really what it is. Right. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I know there's a lot of people out there that like, I am afraid to, to say much about it too, because they're like, I don't know about how your parents, how they grew up and how they were raised, but mine, you know, it, stuff like this isn't exactly a normal thing for them to, on an every on a daily basis or, or even at any point and talking about any kind of a mental health issue especially for a man is is a is a real hard thing to discuss with anybody and to put it out in the open and and expect to have people feel you know to to be supportive and to understand and hoping that nobody is is thinking any negative or or feels you know like just spreading misinformation or or not not telling or having an open mind is is extremely difficult to for someone who's who's trying to get diagnosed or who has ADHD and has to deal with it on a daily basis it's extremely difficult yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I know I I have I haven't exactly told my parents because I'm. It's more of what how they're going to react rather than whether they're going to support me or not. Like it, that that initial reaction is always that part that you like. I don't know about you for yourself, but that's the one thing that I always worry about is that initial reaction if and it's going to be a positive one. Yeah, or or what kind of support uh, you might get, even if it's a positive reaction, you know, and you touched on, um, you know, the the piece where, you know, boys, they, they grow up and they're told to just, you know, yeah. boys don't cry, their emotion. walk it off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Right. So, um, exactly. you know, it's, it, you grow up and, and then you're a man and it's hard to be, it's hard to be vulnerable with, with people. Um, but especially with your parents who have always kind of given you that message of, you know, just walk it off, just, just suck it up. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I've had to deal with that my entire life too. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, so when you met, when you, before this diagnosis, like obviously a while ago, and when you first met your wife, did did you tell her right away or did you even realize what was going on? Like how long did it, did it take before you told her? Uh, well, it was, I've known her for a long time. Uh, we've been okay. together for 16 years. Um, okay. Excellent. Yeah. So, so then even she wasn't aware, I wasn't aware, neither of us were aware of, of this, which, you know, now we see has created, you know, some issues, uh, between yeah. us because of, you know, not understanding, you know, why I am in certain ways, the way I am. 
Um, yeah. But but like I said, she's you know, reading books and asking questions, and you know we've sat and watched some YouTube videos and and things just to to understand uh, kind of the the way I am and why I am the way I am and how to kind of um, work with that and and cope with it as well. And I think it's it's been a positive discussion. Um, right. But it's it certainly caused some issues over the years. Yeah, like a, I understand. I completely understand what you're saying. Like a neuro a neurotypical person who doesn't have ADHD or or any other kind of disability, they they meet someone or they get to know you know before they get to know somebody who has something like ADHD, the idea or the thought that somebody has a has a problem remembering tasks or forgetting to complete a task and then they move on to something else or they get completely distracted and they like it could be an hour later possibly and all of a sudden they're going oh i for oops i forgot to do this this important chore this task and then that person is thinking to themselves I don't understand how that's a possibility. Like, how does, how does that work? I, you know, like they're, they're, they just don't quite get it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a line I heard a lot was how, how could you forget that? How could you possibly yeah. not remember that? Um, I think one, one big thing that was always a pain point for her was um, she'd now and then make me a lunch, which I would then never remember to take to work. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I remember a comment one time was, why do I make you this if you can't care enough to take it to work? So, right. um, you know, and that, that wasn't too long ago, I probably maybe a year ago or so. Um, but, you know, now as I'm going through this journey of, of being diagnosed with ADHD, I'm understanding, you know, why I would forget that lunch. Um, and she knows now yeah. that it wasn't that I didn't care. It's not that I didn't appreciate that she made me a lunch. It's just that I didn't remember when I was on my way out the door. So exactly, yeah. That's so one, that's, one thing we've started yeah. to do though is is uh, I will put mm -hmm. my car keys in my lunch bag. Uh huh. So now well, I can't then you definitely the can't forget it. Yeah, yeah. So just little little yeah, tips and tricks smart. like that we're learning. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, I know that I remember when I first was dealing with this constant uh, forgetting something, I, I would be rushing out the door and I always felt like I didn't have enough time. Like I was like I was late or I, or I was like, I didn't have, I just couldn't get out the door on time. And I would forget, I was always forgetting at least one or two items. I, had, I, I have a, car, a key card that I would need to get into the building, or I would forget my phone, or I'd, or I'd forget my keys. And I always had this, and it was because I would come home the, that, the day before, and I would put my key card in a different location, or I wouldn't put it away, like in the same, in the right spot. So the next morning I'm rushing around getting dressed and getting out, trying to get out the door. And I don't even think, do I have my car keys? Do I have my key card? Do I have my phone? It's just get out the door, get out the door. And like the, yeah, like the keys in the, in the, the lunch bag, I, I have a setup 
where everything I, I automatically put everything that I know I know I'm going to need at the door or somewhere where it's where you you can't miss it like it's impossible to miss and like the lunch bag you know you have to have your keys to go out the door so that means you're going to automatically remember your lunch so you it's an ad adaptation to to minimize the chance of forgetting something yeah for sure you know and i have um with the job that i have i have a a laptop that my work provides me and um yeah when when i got this job it was the first time i ever had that and i used to forget it at home right. a lot uh because i wasn't used sometimes i would just leave it at work sometimes i would have it at home so um i started creating the habit of whether i needed it at night or not take it home that way i would never forget it because it was always it just became a uh, routine i i still forget it now and then but not nearly as much <laughs> Yeah, no, I completely see that. Yeah, it's, I know I have, I have a laptop that I got to take with me and I have cards that I need to use in order to get into my building. And last, last fall, there were two days in the same week that I forgot it. And it was because I, I didn't put it in the sweater that I normally use. I put it in, I put it in my work pants and I took my work pants off and I was so distracted. I didn't even think, Oh, it's, they're in my pants, put them back in a sweater because you take that sweater every day. And sure enough, I, I totally forget. And you never think about it for the entire day uh, leading up to the next morning. And next thing you know, you're walking out the door and you get to your building and you're like, I don't have my car key or my key card. I have, I can't get in and you know exactly where they are at the moment, but you didn't notice it for the entire night leading up to the morning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. You got it. You have to, and, and people have to make sure that they they're doing little things to minimize or to avoid having that kind of a problem. Like, like your like with the lunch bag or or however you you make sure that you're remembering your laptop like it, it's routine there's a lot of routine and there's a lot of minimalizing adaptations that we create to to minimize problems that occur like because you're I, i'm sure like yourself you're you're dealing with a lot of things that are going on in your mind as you wake up and it, I don't know if you have, have coffee in the morning and eat your breakfast, but there's a lot of stuff going on and remembering everything is, is really difficult. You know, like there's so much going on in your head as you're trying to get out the door to go to work. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's a lot, it's a lot to keep track of. So when things are in their place, it's just easier as a routine. You just by habit, go to those places and, and pick them up. So, Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's, it's so true. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> it's, I know I've, I've been doing my career for about 11 years now, well, this particular job and the struggles at the beginning that it took months just to get things into a, a pattern so that I didn't forget. And it didn't, but you could, it was never 100%. There was always one day whether you just didn't have a good night's sleep or you were stressed or there was something really important coming up or whatever, 
it, it just caused you to, to miss that beat just a little bit enough that you forgot something. Yeah. Or even getting out of the routine for whatever reason, like if you go on, you know, you take a week off for holidays and you're not used to um, going to work and, and grabbing these things every day. I usually find yeah. that my first day back to work, I'm either extra careful that I don't yeah. forget things or I, you know, get out the door on autopilot and I've forgotten you know, my work keys or my phone or something at home. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know I, I take a couple of weeks off uh, every, every year and that first day or two. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a lot of work just to get back into doing it a certain way so that you don't forget something or, or it feels like you, like before you left. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know those are, those are rough days. <laughs> um so so what would you say to others like that are who are listening to this who that are struggling with ADHD uh what you've learned uh, up to today about this I would say uh you know your brain um you know if you're not diagnosed and and you're reading things on thing like Twitter um or articles about it or you're watching youtubers talk about it um and you're relating to what they're talking about to trust that um i know i've i've tweeted out about imposter syndrome especially going into my diagnosis and how um you know i was really anxious and i felt like i was wasting everybody's time and i know the twitter community was you know you got this and 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 really supportive and that that was certainly was helpful but um, I wish that I had been more um, confident in what I felt and what I believed. And I think that that's probably the best thing I could say was that, like I said, you, you know your brain better than anybody else. Um, and yeah. if, if you don't get the answer that you're looking for, you can always try again. You know, it might take time, um, but you can get, yeah. you know, a second opinion and um, you know, maybe find somebody that's more knowledgeable or more understanding, more supportive that may be able to help you as well. So, right. Yeah. That's, that's very true. You just, yeah. If, if somebody says no, the first time that doesn't mean that it's over, you can always look for, for another person or somebody, another department or location that, that has a better doctor. I, I have a, I had that my problem. That was my exact issue. I had a, I, I got a doctor. I, my, my family doctor that I had been seeing for a long time, unexpectedly retired six months before I went to go see him. And I had to find a new doctor. <laughs> and this, the guy that I went to see was not a very good doctor. He, he didn't ask really any questions. He just, he just listened to me. I told him what I, what I thought I knew and he gave me too much medication and, you know, I, he, he didn't even do a referral and it, it literally took six, seven months for me to, to finally say enough is enough and find a new doctor. And it was amazing. The difference like this, the second doctor was a hundred times better. 
he he asked all the questions. He he had his his doubts, but he 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 was also on my side. He didn't he didn't say I don't believe you. He just wanted to make sure that it wasn't something else, right? Like you don't want to accidentally think it's it's one thing, and then all of a sudden learn that maybe there's another problem or another issue that's beside it that's causing some issues. If you don't know you you're not getting the answers if you're, if you're not having somebody be thorough. That's right. And, and you know, and not everybody that thinks that they have ADHD is going to have ADHD. Um, it, like you yeah. said, it could be something else. Um, it could just, it could be anxiety. It could be depression. It could be something else. Um, yeah. But I, I like what you said about, you know, if you need them on your side. And I think whether you go to a doctor or a psychologist or psychiatrist and you don't feel that they're on your side, it, it's time to yeah. find a new one. Exactly. Yeah. Now, do you, do you think that there's anything else that, that maybe at some point you'd like to look at, like as far as a diagnosis, like a, of a second, uh, uh, how do they put a comorbidity or, or like a, an additional maybe diagnosis that you're, that you're curious about, or is, do you think that it's just ADHD? Uh, I, I would not be surprised if I also struggled with anxiety. Um, and I think that's pretty common with people that, uh, grow up undiagnosed because yeah. you, you don't know what you're dealing with and you start, you know, learning to mask and, and hide your symptoms and, and change these behaviors about yourself just to please other people. And, um, you know, like I said, I, I know it's taken a, a hit to my my self-esteem and I struggle with that uh, on a daily basis. But, um, you know, my focus right now is just, you know, I've just been diagnosed with the ADHD. I'm looking for, uh, you know, treatment methods. I, wa I want to pursue the, the medication, which without a family doctor, it's, it's the whole thing. But, um, yeah. you know, I, I, and I'm hoping that as I kind of come to more terms with with my ADHD and how that's affected me in the past, I'm hoping that'll help me work through, uh, you know, what, what I think are some anxiety issues that I have. Yeah, it's always important. Absolutely. I know my biggest problem today is wondering what is if, if like when I have a, a, an issue or situation that comes up and it's like between my girlfriend and I, whether it is like if I'm having an ADHD moment or if I'm struggling with anxiety or if I've got a, like a trauma event occurring, or, like, it, it makes you question what, it, which is which and what, like, it, it really makes you kind of start to second guess yourself in some ways, because you just don't, you, unless you know for sure that you definitely have something like if you, if you, if you don't know for sure that you've got ADHD and you're thinking maybe I have an anxiety disorder, maybe I've got trauma that I'm not aware of, like, or maybe it's even an, a, a somewhere on this spectrum of autism, possibly. Like it, you can, you can, you could really take a major hit to your self-esteem and to your self-confidence, and it it could really affect your ability to have to lead a, a good normal life, or at least a a a, a pause have a positive outlook. Yeah, for sure. I, 
I, I think that when it comes to stuff like this, I think labels are important. Um, I think, you know, being able to put a name to, to something that you have just helps you understand yeah. it more, um, helps you get the help that you, you feel that you need. Um, yeah. and just, you know, helps. I mean, the whole point is just to try to make, make your day-to-day easier. Right. And, and without yeah. a proper diagnosis of, of any, uh, syndrome or disorder, it, it's hard to, to take those the steps in that direction. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you get one diagnosis and all of a sudden your, your outlook and, and that the, the thoughts and the questions become clearer and now you have the, a, a path in front of you and you know what you need to do to get there. And now that you've got a diagnosis, it's, it should hopefully be easier to get to the next stage. Right. Right. And you know what? An ADHD isn't, isn't who I am, right. It's just part of who I am. Um, But understanding, understanding how that affects who I am, um, you know, it just helps me know myself even better. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It makes it, it does make a difference. Oh, well, okay. Um, I guess that is it for now for this episode. Um, thank you really so much for coming on. This is extremely helpful. And I think my listeners will get a lot out of this as hopefully it will give them some, you know, motivation or, or increase their confidence to, to get that diagnosis or to, you know, to face that, that possibility or that unknown yeah, no, uh, thank you for having me. Like you said, it was, it was fun. It was fun. To yeah, do. It, 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 it was fun. It's, it's nice to have another point of view because the more people that you, that you learn have ADHD and you, and you learn about what they deal with and, and the things that they do and how they handle it each and every day, it, it gives someone a, a much broader sense of, of what's possible for them. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks Jay. Um, hopefully uh, you get to, you know, get some, uh, the ability to get some medication or what, however they just, you get to do the next step here right away so that they can continue getting uh, improvement and life gets easier. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Okay, everybody, that was Jay. Um, Well, that's the end of my episode. Um, You can check me out. I do. I am on Twitter. My handle is ADHD and CPTSD. My website is www.livingwithadhdandcptsd.ca. And yeah. Jay and I are both on Twitter. So if you would like to come online and and message myself or message Jay, we've got a lot that we can offer for advice or for information, which is definitely helpful. Um, But yeah, that's it. All right, guys, I will talk to you next time. Okay, bye, everybody. Mm -hmm.